Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, just a quick introduction. I'm Sarah Michelle Bliss, a master coach with Workman Success. Been working with Workman, I think going on five years this, this summer. Um, it's been five years, so it's a a lot of fun to be a master coach and just to get to be around giants in this industry. I just celebrated my 25th, 25th, 25th anniversary in December. Uh, so I started out um, as a receptionist at a local boutique uh, real estate office and then graduated into being uh, one of the top uh, buyer's agents on Nate Martinez's team. Some of you know that name and we come from Arizona. So uh, original founder Remax Professionals in Glendale. And currently I do sell. I live in Northern Arizona. So I'm about an hour from the city. And uh, I'm also the director of education for agent development for the brokerage. So I do a lot of coaching and training there as well. So super excited to share the screen with my two lovely co-hosts, Sarah Bernard and Jamel. So uh, Jamal, why don't you do a quick introduction of yourself as well? Well, how do I top that, Miss Sarah Michelle Bliss? <laughs> I'm honored to be a senior coach here at Workman Success Systems. And um, just as we are coaches, we are also clients of Workman Success Systems, which I think is very important because it makes us genuine. Um, I have been a sales manager, recruiter, trainer, uh, you name it, I have done it. Um, and presently, I'm a broker, associate, uh, and team leader of a small team here in Los Angeles, California. Our focus is luxury, um, all things luxury. So I'm honored to be here today, and thank you for having me. And then Sarah Bernard. Yes, hello, everybody from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Sarah Bernard, and I am a team leader. Um, I'm in a brokerage. I don't own the brokerage, so just to kind of establish what my role is in our company, um, I run the top sales team and, and uh, our local boutique brokerage, and um, we did just from a volume standpoint, um, about 52 million last year, and we're number 16 in our marketplace here, so that's a pretty big deal for us. We have about 10 to 14,000 agents in St. Louis, Missouri. We, my team, um, we separate ourselves um, out here in the market by doing a lot of vacation homes, believe it or not, in Missouri. And about half of our business is second homes, um, lake homes here. And uh, we started in that business in investing property management. And we still have a separate side business that is um, property management of short-term rentals, Airbnbs. We've had that since 2008. So I have a separate team that runs that. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I've been a workman coach for, I, gosh, I think about five years, something like that. I love on my coaching. I am also, like Jamel said, a client of workmen. Um, I, I hired workmen in my first year in real estate to coach me and to help me grow my business. And I still have a coach. Um, and I, I love that as well. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. awesome. Very good. I forget. I always forget about you having the secondary market there. So um, thinking about, you, I guess you just don't think about Missouri being a secondary market, but that's, that's exciting. Well, so. if anybody's watched Ozark, they know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was wondering is if it, it was off of Ozark. So <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> which actually wasn't wasn't recorded in that area. I believe it was recorded in in Atlanta. So it was, but yeah, but we have we don't actually sell. It's about two hours from St. Louis. We sell in a a market right in between, um, physically, geographically, in between um, St. Louis and, and the Lake of the Ozarks. Awesome, very good. Okay, well, let's jump in. So, and Gabby, I'm assuming you're taking care of the questions in the chat right now about technical things. Okay, very good. So today we're going to be very focused on retention, recruiting and retention. This is a fantastic time of year to recruit, um, you know, agents that want to jump, you know, typically try to do that around the new year. Um, I also believe that with the shifting market, there's a lot of agents out there. I, I kind of think there's two camps, right? You've got agents that are, you know, in that mindset of I know what I know and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just going to keep doing what I know. Well, in a shifting market, that's not going to work. And then you've got agents that go, oh, gee, I have 10 years or less. I've never experienced a balance market or a change what I'm doing isn't working, so I need to change, right? So I need to either get with a brokerage or a team uh, to, to change that so that they can navigate the, the changing market. I've been around since 1997, so I've seen all kinds of markets, including the great crash uh, and work in the REO markets. And this is definitely nothing compared to what we experienced at that time. So, yeah. but recruiting and retention, it's a, it's a real thing, especially, you know, if you're a broker owner on this call, recruiting and retention is definitely um, a challenge that I think all of us experience. And then same thing with team leads, like growing your team and getting, getting the right people on your team. And so that's what we're going to dive in today. Our goal is to give you some scripts that you can use when making calls to recruits, um, to give you some tangible tools that you can walk away with to implement into your day-to-day -day practice. And then lastly, a call to action, like what do I do next as a result of being here for the next 60 minutes? What, what do I do next after that? So we're going to leave questions. Questions oh, yes. And questions well. at the end. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> questions at the end. So what does lifestyle recruiting really mean? So when we think about lifestyle, most agents have two challenges and, you know, and they, they toggle back and forth. They either don't have time and plenty of money or they have lots of time and no money. And so when we think about a lifestyle of an agent. How do we improve that lifestyle for them? You know, our, our, um, mission statement at my brokerage is to have an impound or a profound impact on our agents lives and when you think about a profound impact that really transcends just beyond getting trophies and making sales quota but it also affects their personal lives and having you know a well-balanced life at home and you know taking care of their families and funding you know the buckets that they have and so when we think about lifestyle this isn't just about you know the sales this is encompasses everything that an agent might experience and so it goes to brokerages and teams and then Sarah and Jamal do you have anything you want to add to that I always think about my first year in real estate um, and how insane it was and I think without going into um, when you go into real estate or going to any new new kind of job like entrepreneurial like ours is we don't necessarily have the systems and processes in place yet to really know how to set those boundaries run our businesses run our day-to-day -day schedule and so my first year and like I'm sure 99% of yours was taking calls at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, working seven days a week, um, not knowing how to say no to another agent because you just wanna have great relationships, not, have, not knowing how to say no to a client. And so when I think about lifestyle, the lifestyle of a team, it's as team leaders, we can help agents who are still in that situation, maybe after many years, um, have some boundaries and have a life and have um, a, have a schedule that's more business like. I remember um, talking to a potential recruit a few years ago, and she said, "I work 80 hours a week, so I don't have to work 40." And I 
I said, what in the heck does that mean? And she said, I don't want to work for in a corporate in a corporation and work 40 hours a week because that's boring. I'd rather work 80 hours a week and have the, you know, and be a real estate agent and make all this money and blah, blah, blah. And I thought that like, why do you have to do that? So I think, and she was a solo agent, but having the opportunity to join a team and and have the guidance that the team leader can provide or the office um, management can provide to teach you and teach um, these potential recruits how to actually have life balance. I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And on, a, and on a brokerage level, you know, oftentimes um, agents come to you to, uh, to change brokerages for many different reasons. And there's typically themes. And like Sarah Bernard just said, it's, it's I either I'm looking for more time or more money? And does your brokerage help me accomplish those two? And again, there's other reasons, but those are top, the top two themes. So the brokerage level is, you know, does our, does our, our brokerage have the answers to help them have a better life, lead a life worth living, not just have to be about business only? Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next slide. All right, so let's talk about culture and fit. And so we, when we approach someone about joining our team or our brokerage, what's your value proposition? And as Jamal said, are you able to solve the pain points that they have in their life? And mm -hmm. so we really want to lean in on what are those pain points? And we talk about that a lot in coaching. And so what's their why? And how does our value proposition help get them to the why? And so let's start with, uh, with Sarah Bernard. So tell us about your, the culture on your team. And so, um, you, you know, what, what exists in your team as far as the culture? Yeah, and that's something that I've really tried to hone over the years. I mean, there was a point when I first started growing my team years ago where um, I would take anyone who just, I just would take a body because I needed bodies to work leads. And what I realized um, pretty quickly is I had to really set the tone for what the culture is. And for me, one of the things that's very important is that we work business hours and that we work in an office. And that might be very different from a lot of you, and that's okay. But for me, and it's probably just because I came from more a corporate background in my career, and I'm a little bit older, and I, I value everyone being under one roof. I When I hire people, I let them know that the expectation is if they're not out showing homes, or working or at a listing appointment, they're going to be in the office two or three hours a day um, prospecting and so we can all be together. So it's what I have found for our team is that we get to know each other, we have lunch together, We there's a ton of value in our team's success, our agent's success by having that time together. So it's just part of our culture, it's part of what we've created. So just knowing for your team, I have, coaching clients who are 100% remote. They never, they might get together with their team once a month for dinner and that works for them, but they've learned how to work very well and stay connected. Another thing for our team is the expectation of daily huddles. What days of the week do we have our huddles? What time, who's there? Is it okay to be on Zoom or not? You know, so those are the kinds of things that we can determine the criteria. Um, even how many deals, how many transactions a month, the expectation of that is all part of our culture, all, all part of our value um, proposition as well. Awesome. Yeah, so that's part of the 10 things to be on my team that Workman has that we really stress because, you know, when we have expectations, you know, they, they create clarity, right? And so when we have clarity, then we have a, a mission. And so Jamal, I'm going to move on to you. So how did you create your culture? 
So, um, you know, in the sales manager position, I've recruited hundreds of agents over my course of um, seven years in that role. And, um, you know, oftentimes with the brokerage level, you are taking, you know, agents that exhibit certain qualities and things of that nature. And, and it's not as, you know, elegant as a team because sometimes it's solo agents that just want to work part-time, things of that nature, whatever, again, your value proposition is for the brokerage. Um, oftentimes it's after the fact, um, you know, Sarah, Michelle, we were discussing times when you, know, you have agents in your brokerage that are not a culture fit and, you know, what steps you need to take to, to remove them to, you know, almost be like the, the poison in the office. And those are, you know, fierce and hard conversations to have, of course. Um, you know, anybody that was is inappropriate to the staff, um, I had no problem, you know, giving them morning, afternoon, second warning, and then asking them to leave, even if they were producers. Um, you know, creating a culture of, of pr uh, production, right? Um, having high level conversations in the office, it all stems from your top down and, and bottom up, but it, but again, it all goes back to recruiting, you know, who you hire matters and, and having a theme um, from the brokerage or with, you know, the theme, the value proposition was a lot. It was God, family, then business, right? And, and finding agents that match that value to be part of the overall ecosystem of the brokerage. But again, it's a little different for, for brokerages and in his teams, because you're not as intimate in the day-to-day -day operation. The, um, but you, when you recognize any sort of, you know, issues, you've got to address it immediately. Well, I think, I do think that, you know, brokerage still has to have core values and a mission. So does mm -hmm. a team. And so what are your yeah. core values? What are your mission? Our core value or our, our, um, I guess it's our mantra, right? Mm -hmm. It stands for raise. And so that's, you know, we have recognition, abundance, inspire, simplify, and excel. So yeah. that's what our brokerage is, right? And so having that mission statement and bro would tell you, are they hungry, humble, and smart? Right. right. And that's a, that's a tough conversation. I have a client I coach that we just recently uh, let reintroduced into the marketplace, two of his top producers, mm -hmm. and they were massive cancers on the team and had been for a while. And it was really, really, really hard for him. It took a year of yeah. coaching and, and, you know, drama and issues on the team before he finally said enough's enough. And, and my, every time we talked about it, my, my comment to him was how much damage is being done and how much, how, how many of the other team members are being held back that could be, you could have four or five rock stars on your team, but they're being squelched by the, the two that are causing the issues. So I know that's a tough conversation, but it is mm -hmm. reality. You want to be slow to hire and quick mm -hmm. to fire. So yep. and, the, uh, and the value proposition is right when you walked in the office, it was sat right absolutely. there, you know, win, winner, there's no deal together. Everyone achieves more. It's important to have that visual representation of what your value proposition is. That way you can hire towards the culture for sure. Yeah. Okay. We so have, I have um, I, our 10, the 10 things to be in our team. We have that on the wall and we talk about it. And, you know, like you were saying, Sarah, Michelle, just being really clear on what, what are the expectations? So when you're talking to people in um, recruiting appointments, um, you are really clear on who you're looking for and what's the right fit for your team. The, the right fit for your team might be the wrong fit for another team. So just be really clear on, on who it is you're looking for. Okay, so and my last... Say, sorry to add to this, and I know we didn't really talk. It's, that's why Workman, we talk about this 30, 60, 90 day process, right? So that way that's in that, in that hiring process, you can, okay, maybe they present themselves one way, but in those 90 days, they aren't a culture fit. Um, we'll get, so all the questions that are coming up, we'll answer those at the end, but real quick, just before we move on from the slide, Jamel and Sarah, if you could give one piece of advice, uh, what would it be? Um, in terms of 
culture or recruit recruiting to your culture yeah, um, yeah, recruiting to your culture so remember as the team leader you're really defining your culture and it should be true for you true to you and who you are and like i said i have coaching clients through workmen who run their businesses very different from me and that's okay so just be what works for you and who you are is who you're going to attract so just be really clear on what that is and you know don't deviate you know trust your gut it's really that simple and don't deviate from your you know what it exactly is that you're looking for it's, yeah it's so important yep it's absolutely i will tell you anytime i've deviated from our core values or even from disk analysis it's always been a crash and burn so absolutely. and it costs money right turnover costs mm -hmm. money on the team um so jamal let's talk about uh what this looks like so what you have you you've done a lot of recruiting so what's your process when you call a recruit and i think you're going to share some scripts with us and you know we talk about recruiting as free coaching we're going to give you some tools um and a couple of slides of the, some stuff that you can actually give to a recruit that is a game changer because their brokers are not necessarily giving having these conversations with them um, and a lot of agents don't even know they don't know how much money they need to make mm -hmm. they don't know how that equates into transactions and they don't know how that equates into appointments and so when you can sit down with someone and give them a tool like that that changes mm -hmm. their perspective and changes their their game um that's huge so how do you apply jamel recruiting as free coaching and what's your process perfect so you know first it starts with mindset right and um i think the misconception is oh, i'm going to call fellow salespeople, fellow consultants and you know they're going to feel like they're being sold and really you're just coming from a place of contribution right um you know my brokerage has some answers to help them with their life gain more time in their lives uh, creating a schedule or things of that nature so just mindset first and then just picking up the phone um we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about some tools in a second but picking up the phone um and simply saying hi this is Jamel with Workman Success Systems congrats on your seven closings in 2022. are you ready to double your income in 2023 and one of the questions they'll ask is how oh well how are you going to do that well that's exactly why we need to get together how about we have coffee Thursday at five okay well what's the catch nope there's no obligation i'm not going to even ask you to join my brokerage just let's just talk about your business right and that's it's yielded a lot of appointments one-on-one -on -one. um you know again the, the other misconception is you know you say something magical and you're just they're going to sign that doesn't always happen it's it's about being in relationship with them um you, you, know, you, another, have, another, you have another script don't you yeah another opener um you know hi this is jamel with workman success systems do you have a moment are you aware of the systems and tools and support that we have at Workman Success Systems to help you? Are you looking to save more time or more money? And I'm often it's like, well, yeah, well, how are you going to do that? Well, again, let's get together, let's hop on Zoom, whatever it is. It's just an open-ended question to get them to start thinking um, and set the tone. Um, you know, we talked a lot too about the appointment. Um, and when we were coming up with topics for this, this one of the cardinal rules when you're sitting in an appointment with a team you know someone you're recruiting to your team or even your brokerage is let them empty their bucket oftentimes we want to say oh my my brokerage has this and this and that and i can help you this and i can double your business that's, that's often awesome. not what they need i mean again we're fellow sales for let them empty their bucket what are their pains in their business what challenges are they having um, you know, are they spending enough time with their family? Are they able to pick up their kids and let them completely talk about all the challenges and again, pains that they're having? Um, one of the rules that we I learned early on is almost about 30 minutes into the appointment is when I talk. Because all I'm doing is asking open-ended questions 
aka coaching, finding out what their issue, you know, their, their gaps are in their business, and then ask them, are they ready to hear some solutions? Are they ready to hear about what our brokerage offers or, you know, again, team um, to help them with some of these challenges that they're having? So Jamal, um, I think it's a, it's a great idea to kind of do a little Facebook stalking, right? Mm -hmm. Or set yourself up on an MLS search. So if they get yep. a nice listing or they have a nice sale and someone that's on your hot list, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but, you know, call them up. If they've had a milestone that they posted on their social media, call them up and mm -hmm. say, congratulations, or, you know, something that might've happened if it was tragic, you know, call them up, be their broker before you mm -hmm. are their broker. Absolutely. And because that recognition goes a long way. So let's, let's move on to the next slide. And, you know, providing them tools, like I said, coaching free just along the way. So, mm -hmm. so both of you can just chime in on this. So do you think that there's a difference uh, between recruiting to the brokerage or the team? Yeah, you don't think there is? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the difference, I believe, is the values that you're the value system that you offer, the expectations, but the recruiting process is the same, attracting agents to your office or your team. Yeah, when you're recruiting to a team, and I guess this could be said also for brokerage, but you want to show your value, right? You want to show your value. And when you're recruiting to a brokerage, you might be recruiting solo agents. When you're recruiting to a team, you're recruiting agents that may have tried to be solo agents and were successful or not, but want to be part of something different. They want to be part of a team specifically for various reasons. So maybe the brokerage can't provide the support um, at the level that they need. Um, maybe they want to, uh, like at, at our brokerage, we have lots of solo agents, but I run a team within the brokerage and there's agents that choose, they could totally be on their own, but what they get from being on the team is value added to them. And that's why they choose to be on the team. So when I talk to an agent to join my team, it's going to be different than the way our broker talks to is right. recruiting solo agents to the brokerage. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Jamel has the perspective of the process is the same, um, right. but what they what they actually need inside of your brokerage, whether that's being a solo agent or a team lead, then there there is a differentiating you know differentiating difference there between those two. So yeah, let's. What are the needs, right? What you, if you, it's like, it's like talking to a buyer or a seller. If you walk away and you don't understand the motivation of that buyer or seller, did you do your job as a real? It's the same thing when you put on your recruiting hat. What is, are the needs of that particular agent team that's coming to you? And mm -hmm. do you have the answers to solve them? Yep. Always go back to that point of pain, right? Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next slide. So right here, um, the QR code that's up on the slide, you guys can scan that. Um, hopefully you can see it on your end. It's kind of cut off on my end. Uh, this is where you'll be able to, it'll look like you're registering, but if you scroll down to the bottom, you're going to get access to the tools that we're going to reference here in the next slides. Um, so go ahead and take a quick second to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, so recruiting. So those of you who are workman coaching clients, you actually have this in your uh, resource library. It's a DSH form specific for recruiting. And so it's the exact same concept here. The things are a little bit different, right? So we talk about phone conversations, how many meetings do we have, the presentations, did the agent join? Uh, did they refer somebody? Um, and then what was the training maybe they attended? Um, so the same concept here of 61 points, right? And, and I would give you one little simple tip that I think gets overlooked is that if recruiting is not in your schedule, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. yep. It's just like prospecting. You have to carve out, it, it has to be the equal amount of time that you want to bring agents in. Same thing with prospecting. So if it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. So make sure you take some time and pick the best day and best 
hour of the week that you feel like you are on your game to do your recruiting. So it's the same thing with prospecting. So uh, you guys have this as a resource for you. Um, so please download that and take advantage of it. Um, you guys got anything quick you want to add to that? Always be attracting. It's that oh. simple. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And make Love that. I mean, okay. what are your goals, right? I mean, brokerages may have a goal of, of a certain amount of agents, you know, because of attrition and, and things of that nature. Same with your team. You know, if you've got uh, a goal of 10 agents to add to your team is, you know, how are you allocating that in your, in your calendar? It's yep. you have to carve time. Okay. Okay. So let's mm -hmm. go on. So Sarah, Sarah Bernard, you were going to talk about this, um, talking about the income call sheet, which I think is one of the most brilliant tools that we have as workman uh, clients. This is literally my favorite tool. And it's so great because it, one of the things um, that people often think about joining a team is I'm going to lose money. If I join a team, I'm giving up my commission to the team. And what we want to do when we're talking to potential agents is get their head away from what they're giving up and focus on what they're gaining and how easy it is to get there. So this tool, um, it's, it's an Excel spreadsheet and you just change the green boxes at the top, the first three sections there. And it will take, so what I what I do with this is I'll sit down with, an, with a potential agent who might join my team and say, okay, what do you wanna make next year? What's your goal, your income goal? We start there. And um, this has a box in, I don't know if you guys can read this, but it says on the expense line, 35%, right? So a solo agent is gonna typically spend 35 to, even higher than that percentage of their income on expenses. As a team, you're gonna take most of those off their plate and you're gonna absorb those as a team. I mean, at least that's the way I run my team and most teams that I know of are, are run that way. So you're not gonna be paying for most of your marketing. You're not gonna be paying for your administrative expenses. We're gonna cover that as a team. So all of a sudden your expenses um, go down from 35% to you know zero or 5% or whatever. And then you put in um, the, the commission that the agent would take home. And it basically it walks you through down to the level of how many appointments they need per week um, based on their success rate at appointments. Let's say they they get 50% of the um, the listings that, that they um, listing appointments they go to, they actually get the listing. So you put those numbers in, it's very realistic. And it will tell them how many appointments they need a week to make their income goal. Once you show an agent this and how simple it is, and it usually to reach most people people's goals, it's a couple appointments a week. That's it, right? And this is one of the systems and processes that you can show that your value as a team leader or a broker owner to provide to potential recruits. And just it, it breaks it down. It just breaks down the process of gaining business to simply how many appointments do I need to make my goal? So that's what you do. And you can put in any number and we change that, you know, I'll say, um, put in any number, like, let's play with it. Let's see, okay, you want to double next year. What does that look like? How many appointments does that take? Now, this goes the, yeah, this goes with the recruiting as coaching slide that we just talked about before. Right. How? Yeah, and, and I think when people say, well, I want to make a million dollars or half a million dollars, you know, mm -hmm. that looks like a really big number. But when you can break it down into weekly appointments, it makes it so much more achievable. So I love that. And like I said, I think it's one of the most brilliant forms that we have. Um, Jamel, go ahead and talk to us about the top 50 for agent recruiting. Um, so for those of you who don't haven't heard about top 50, it's a simple 
um, spreadsheet to really stay in connection and relationship. You know, when I was recruiting um, at a high level, I was in relationship with the top realtors. Um, like, like Sarah Michelle said, they posted something on Facebook. I'm calling and texting, hey, congrats on that sale. Um, happy birthday to their son, daughter, you name it, it's on here. And then of course you want to have a, a top 50 initiative. So first you want to identify 50. Again, depending on what your recruiting goals are, 50 ideal candidates, again, I'm talking from the brokerage perspective, that you would like to have on your, on your brokerage, right? And then you stay in relationship with them monthly, inviting them to events, um, inviting them to classes. Um, you know, here's a great book that I just read, anything. Every single month you're touching them. Happy birthday, all of that stuff. Anytime they would go to open houses, I would bring them cookies, with a little tag, just like we do with realtors and, and say, you know, I, I'd love to be your brokerage of choice and give them cookies, um, you know, and they would just crack up at me. But however you do it, you just have a plan for you for and execute. And what's cool about this document is you can actually track each month's kind of blurry. Or is that just my yeah, old blurry. eyes? <laughs> Could be my old eyes. Uh, <laughs> but each month has a drop down that you can customize the touches that you're doing. And so now, now this gamifies it, right? How good are you at really touching? Same thing with our top 50s we talk about in resale. Um, same thing here with your, your recruits is how good are we? A lot of us think, you know, we're good at recruiting, but then when we really challenge it. Mm -hmm. I would say that most of us really need to improve our game. So this, I love this, um, that they took it and put those percentages in there that you could really track and be honest about who you're talking to. Absolutely. Um, and, the, and, and it shows that the repetition is really important too, because just like if you're going to do geographic farming, one postcard's not going to get you anywhere. You have to do it consistently month after month after month, and you might see some payout in a year, right? So it's the same thing with recruiting. And the Absolutely. good agents take a while to, 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 to come over. So you have to stay in relationship with them. And at one point in time, they may not be happy. They, they want to change. And you're right there because you've been touching them every single month. Absolutely. Okay. So on here, you guys, this is um, a work being rolled out, I don't know, about six months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. They did a, a national study, an independent study of about 500 realtors that were non-workman clients uh, to talk about the impacts, uh, impact of teams in real estate. So teams have not, that's not a new concept. I joined a team 25 years ago. And so they took this a step further as like, what, what does it really mean? And are teams going away? And so Sarah, you want to go ahead and share with us two of, I think one of two of the most important findings that came out of this team study. And this is also part of the downloads that you guys have. Um, and as a, a workman client, you know, as long as you're quoting the study, you can use these. And I think some of this stuff is, would be fantastic to push out for recruits. So yeah. So, so this study is really, really great for your recruiting because it does show uh, based on real data, it wasn't skewed. It was really, I mean, they're, all the background is in the study of how it was actually conducted, but um, why people, why agents feel that they're more successful when they're on a team. So to use this for recruiting, especially when you're recruiting people who have never been on a team before. So unlike Sarah Michelle, who's been on a team for her entire life, some people, most people never have been, right? If they're new to the industry, they might be starting out on their own. So this is a great way to show people who might be afraid of what they'd be giving up how they're actually going to be more successful um, when they join a team. So some of the data that came back, obviously this slide, 85% of real estate professionals 
credit being on a team as a competitive advantage. You know, why is that? You know, I know in our team to be able to talk about the fact that there's always someone at the office, there's always someone to help them out. If I'm on vacation, there, I've got a backup plan. There are so many advantages as an agent and with clients to say that you're on a team. It's just endless. So that it's a competitive advantage to get business, right? Especially as our population is aging, people want that one-stop shop. They want a complete service um, a real estate agent. And this often comes with having a really productive team. So Sarah, some of the other- uh -huh. Sarah, one, one thing to add to that is your younger generation, your millennials and Gen Zs that are coming into the marketplace, into the workforce, they want to be a part of something that's collaborative and mm -hmm. that it's not just about them. So they want to know that they're making an impact in the community. And the way to do that is to create leverage through teams. That's a great point. Um, and even how they've been educated, right? So high schools, colleges today, you work in teams, you're collaborative too. So that's not a foreign concept. So it's a very good point when recruiting younger people, they're used to that. So this is um, something that we can point out about our industry as well. Um, so 72, a couple other stats that I think are interesting. 70%, 72% of real estate professionals believe that their team has been essential to their success. So think about that. Mm -hmm. Out of all the agents that were um, surveyed, 72% believe being on a team has contributed to their success. 80%, I think this might be the next slide, um, Jamel, 80% say that they're more productive and successful being on a team. You know, why is that? There's systems, there's processes, there's accountability, there's um, huddles, right? There's goals, all the things that as solo agents, it can be hard to do on your own. It can be lonely, but when you've got that team behind you, that collabor collaborative environment, it's so much easier to go further. I, I, I have so many examples on my own team of agents I've recruited from being solo agents who thought they were successful until they joined my team and their income doubled or tripled. And so, I often say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And having that experience yeah. in, in, on your own team help is very helpful. Mm -hmm. Another stat that I really liked is 81% of the people surveyed say that being on a team makes you more likely to stay in the industry. So think about that from a retention standpoint when you're recruiting. Recruit to the team, you're going to have a longer career. You're not going to be looking for another career in two years. You're, it's going to help propel you more quickly and longer than, um, than not being on one. Awesome. All right. Retention. So, okay, so um, let's talk about, so I'm going to kind of shift gears here, and I'm going to I'm going to be interviewing Jamel and Sarah Michelle about retention, um, just from their experience, and some of the ways that, that we do that. So now you've recruited, you've got your people, how, how do you keep them in the game? How do you keep them on the team? And, um, you know, I actually was on a call with one of my coaching clients um, earlier today, and we talked about the fact that you're not necessarily, don't expect that people are going to stay with you for their entire lifetime, right? When you bring them in, people, people shift gears into three, four years, that's going to happen. We know that it's not necessarily reflection on you, but we want to keep them as long as possible. We want to keep them productive. So what are some of the ways we do that? So Sarah Michelle, talk about how on in your business you guys um, focus on 
recognition opportunities, for instance. I think the average agent in my brokerage is about between 15 and 20 years with brokerage. So we've got a pretty good uh, longevity there with, with retention. So one thing is you got to guard your back door. Um, there's lots of shiny ob objects out there and companies that are offering big bonuses to jump ship um, and different different things that are out there. So you got to guard your back door. So you need to be paying attention. One thing that we do is we have what's called our kind of red zone or danger zone list. And these are agents that don't have anything in their pipeline. And we, we're constantly every month doing a year over year analysis of that and checking in and then offering to, you know, have lunch with them, bring them to a class, do a one-on-one, -on -one, check in and see what's going on with their life, that their production has gone down. Because when production goes down, that's mm -hmm. when they start to question the value and the costs and could I get something better somewhere else, right? And not necessarily taking a look at why their production's down internally, but trying to blame everything externally. And so when we can circle the wagons around them and, and love on them and, and build them back up, then that helps with tension. We are really big about recognition. Um, this mm -hmm. is actually a, a slide from my office. So we recognize anniversaries, birthdays, major milestones in their life. Uh, once a month, we do an anniversary luncheon. So anybody who onboarded during that month, whether it was one year or 20 years, they get together for a lunch. And it's pretty cool to see someone who's been with the company 20 years and someone who's only been with the company 12 months, just the dialogue that happens with that. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, again, I could go on and on about the different things that we do for recognition, um, but I, we're in lieu of time. <laughs> uh, I can't initially share everything with you. And I think we do have a slide that's going to highlight a little bit of that. So Jamal, did you have anything else? I'll just piggyback it. So, you know, now I'm put on my team hat. Um, I am now on a team after been a sales manager for a while. And it, it really is about togetherness and, and everybody's motivated by something different. Um, but it's being there picking up, hey, if you're not able to show you've got your kid's birthday party, something, um, you know, let me pick up and I'll be there for you. Um, it, it goes to so many different levels. Um, happy birthdays. Uh, congrats on that big sale. I know it was really hard for you. All the little things matter, especially when it comes to recognition and support of just being there. Um, yeah, one, one last thing before we move on to the next slide, we do a top 10. And so that's mm -hmm. top 10 individuals and teams for each of our offices. And our agents really geek out about that, especially when they make it for the first time. Yeah. Um, it just basically means that they were in the top 10 sales for that month, whether it was sales or commission. So that's a huge, huge one that, that we have that is really well received. Absolutely. So I'm um, jumping to, okay, so th this is an example of either of you want to talk about any of these that we haven't already talked about um, in terms of these are kind of culture building um, opportunities within the team to which, you know, the culture is going to bring, it's going to keep retention high. And I, I think any of these apply. I mean, it might be a little hard to do a brokerage trip unless you're a smaller brokerage, but mm -hmm. I think any of these things apply. You know, we do a lot of um, events. We have monthly meetings. We do holiday events. We might do a bowling event. Um, we're going to do, we always do a annual awards event and we take our awards further too. It's not just based on production and what they get from Remax, but we have a best dressed agent in the office or, <laughs> you know, best smile. Like we take it beyond that um, and recognize people because not everybody's going to be those top, top producers or to get the big rewards. And so we like to have some fun with it. We also have a, an award that was created. Um, it's the Sergio Award. Unfortunately, about 12 years ago, we lost one of our amazing agents in a car accident and he was just an amazing person. So we created a, an award in his honor. And that goes out to an agent each year. And they have to be doing something amazing in the community and above and beyond being just a realtor. And so that's something that's very near and dear to our hearts and very custom to us uh, That that's special. So I think all of these are great examples of things that you can do to if you have recognition, you have retention, at least yep. in my opinion. Absolutely. And then, you know, the other part of the coin is how do we help 
each other, um, you know, produce more. Right now, we are in a market that a lot of us have not seen. You know, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I know we've been in business a while, 20 plus years, but um, right now I run a the shift series. So Workman has a shift series script dialogue. So I run that for our team because I know some of the, the newer agents are having trouble with, oh, well, interest rates are high. Uh, so I'll pull up the Workman scripts. We'll role play that. We'll do different scenarios, um, you know, so they have a um, options of what to say when they're making their prospecting calls. So again, helping each other just make money. Um, you know, it's not about one person making all the money for the team. It's everybody um, together. Right. And so, and that's a great example of masterminds, um, Jamel, and having opportunities to mastermind as a group, which is what brings, uh, you know, brings people together and keeps them and, and doing role play and that kind of thing. Are there other examples there, Michelle, of how you do masterminds in your um, brokerage? Yeah, so we do we do masterminds based on production. And the goal is if you've got somebody doing 100,000, we might elevate them to the next level up so that we can make them a, the next tier up, you know, make them a 250. And so we want to have those masterminds so that people um, come together and that's collaborative. They set, you know, they set weekly goals um, and there's friendships and bonds that are created, right? So it's it's just a really cool, cool thing. To, and I'm actually part of the mastermind right now as an agent, not as a coach. So it's been pretty fun to, to shift my cap that I'm wearing and to participate as an agent versus being, you know, the one that runs the mastermind. So masterminds, again, they're just a great way for people to collaborate. Absolutely. And Jamel, what, go back to the prior screen. Someone wanted to take a, a picture of that, of the, all of the different ideas for um, retention and, and culture. Um, and while we're there, I think before we jump to Q&A, which will be coming up in just a few minutes, let's give people um, a step-by-step, -step. like if you're, if you're starting off the year, you need to do some recruiting. Um, what are some, what were the, what would be the first things that you would do? Jamal? There should be a slide. There's a slide, Sarah, mm -hmm. the, the second to last slide. And might I add, for those of you that are workman clients, this is straight out of the AMP scorecard. So this is the culture tab in your AMP scorecard. This so is, yeah. yeah, it's right out of it. So we just pulled that resource. Um, there you go. Yeah. Number one, what we said it, Sarah Michelle said it is, is, First of all, what are your goals? And are you blocking time? You know, does your calendar match your goals? And that means if I'm looking for a certain amount of agents per year, I've got to block time on my calendar, right? Um, I'll take the top 50. That's, you know, something it's, it's the agent attraction. What are you doing every month to, to connect and stay in relationship with that target audience, that audience that you are trying to attract, whether it's to your team or your brokerage? Um, Sarah, and then and I think role play. So find mm -hmm. if you're a team leader, find another team leader and role play those scripts that we gave you or other scripts that are great openers for for recruiting. I think that not having it in your calendar is mm -hmm. one part of the equation. But I think the bigger challenge is that we don't know what to say. Right. And we don't have the confidence of what to say to attract someone because we're not we don't feel good about or feel confident about our value proposition. So mm -hmm. role play if you're a team leader or broker, get with other brokers and role play the, the scripts that are provided. And then social media, create a post that says we're hiring, right? Let people know we're oftentimes our own best kept secret uh, mm -hmm. that people don't know that we're hiring. And then Sarah, I think you had mentioned mailing, emailing a list out or a letter out to your database again, saying we're hiring. There might be somebody in your database that's a past client that might make an amazing agent and they're oh, in a, yeah. a life sucking job right now. And you send an email out and say, hey, we're hiring could be a game changer for them. Yeah. And you don't know who knows someone, you know, Absolutely. like if they may not, someone in your database might have a friend who's thinking about making a change. So and it might be simple to think about putting it on your signature that you're hiring and then also having an application where on your website where they can apply. So we just don't want to assume that, you know, 
assume that they know, right? That we always want to be raising, you know, raising the 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 ringing the bell that that hey, we're always looking for talent. Mm-hmm. Always yeah, be interacting. <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned Wise Hire. Wise Hire is a really great tool for um, uh, for hiring. It's it's sort of a, a portal where you can put your job ads. It goes out to Indeed and LinkedIn and all the different places where people look for jobs. But it's a great way. It provides a free or included um, disc analysis of each um, applicant. So there is a really great too. Wise Hire, W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E is a, it's a, um, it's a nice And if program. you're a workman client, I believe you get a discount mm-hmm. on the Wise yeah. Hire. So, and That's you can right. turn it, uh, turn it on and off. It's kind of like the MLS of, of recruiting. Yeah. Take that link and put it in your email signature because that's, it goes directly to Wise Hire. So there you go. There's a, a exactly. right there. Yeah. Cool. So we have, um, few minutes left. Um, this is a great time for questions. I know some questions have been popping up, um, but just either really the easiest thing to do at this point, um, if you don't want to put them in chat, is just unmute um, yourself or raise your hand. And uh, we'd love to hear your questions because your questions someone else has as well, I promise you. So Jody has a question. She's been recruiting for five months and has only recruited five agents. How do I jumpstart this year? Well, are you doing the stuff that we just shared consistently? Uh, yeah, my my solo uh, position is recruiting for the company. So I recruit eight hours every day um, and I'm making anywhere between 40 and 50 calls every day. Um, I obviously don't speak to every single person, but on average, I'm having about 30 conversations and only scheduling about 10 interviews a week. Of those 10, maybe only five to six show up. And of those five to six, I'm only getting one to come in for a um, like um, a team meeting if they're still interested. Um, and I'm just wondering, um, you know, what else can I be doing? Um, I think we have a great product. Um, I think we have a great team and um, we're a small brokerage. Um, so our, our value is there, as, uh, especially since we provide our agents with leads. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Jamel, you got, you got to yeah, say I'm, I'm chomping at the bits right here. Um, <laughs> so what's, first of all, what are your goals and what's the plan? And I think that's, that's very important to know both because without knowing what your goals are for number of agents, and I hear that you're tracking, which is great, right? How many conversations are you having? How many appointments of those appointments lead to signatures? You know, it's, it's oftentimes 25%. Again, this is a, a model that we've used for a uh, will join. So if you're in that market, then it's tweaking what you're saying, but what value are you offering these agents, <clears throat> events, classes, and remember, it's about relationship. It's never going to be like, I mean, I'm going to say never, but it's not always going to be an automatic thing. Yes, I'm ready to join today. And it does take time. So one thing that we've, plan? yeah, I think that's, I think Jamal's right. You got to get clear. How many agents do you want to attract? What's the plan? One thing that Nate and I do is, and we stopped doing it during the pandemic, we're, but we have our first event next week. We do a, an hour and a half, um, kind of like a workshop where we roll, but we roll out our business plan. It's actually based on the book that we wrote. And we just talk about the steps that you need to have to thrive in any market. Mm -hmm. And it's not a huge attended event. Um, If we get 10 to 15 people there, we always recruit at least one. Yeah. And Joe, are you, are you a workman client or have access to the resource folder? Cause there are the Rick G has 10 sources. Are you hitting mm-hmm. all of those different sources, co-op agents, um, you know, again, uh, events, but it, there's so many different ways to attract social media, of course, how are you, you know, what are your sources and are you executing those at a, with a plan? 
Sorry, Sarah. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, what's another question we have? Thank you. You're very welcome. Happy to help. Someone had asked in the chat earlier about the 10 things to be in my team. If you're a, a workman client or have a coach, um, it's in the resource library. If you just type in 10 things to be in my team, um, it will come up and then you can just adapt it to your team. Yep, it is in the in the resource library. And I would encourage you to don't make a lot of modifications. Um, Viral will tell you to work it his way for a year before you make modifications. So, because those are the things we know are, are tried and true that work to grow teams. Sarah, Michelle, I think this question's for you. How would you recommend using masterminds as a way to recruit non-affiliated agents? Same way. I mean, you could just invite people to masterminds. Um, you could do it based on production. You could base whatever, whatever that looks like. I mean, you could pick, can pick, you know, the five people in your top 50 best recruits that you want to recruit, invite them to a mastermind. It's the same concept. And so we just, masterminding has been around since 1925 with Napoleon Hill uh, was the one who designed that. And it was just basically talking about like, what are your goals? And setting, setting measurable things so that every week you come and say, okay, how many calls did you make? How many appointments did you set? And so it's kind of the same thing with masterminding outside. So, and what a great way to try to recruit. I love that yeah, idea, and, actually. And masterminds can be created, like Jamel said earlier, around the shift, around role playing, which is great. Just get together with a group of agents in your market once a week to run scripts. Um, you could do a book club. There's so many great book, business books out there that people love to read and talk about. So there's a lot of, um, actually, Napoleon, um, Think and Grow Rich is one of the first business book clubs I was in um, by Napoleon Hill. Great book. It's hard to read, but it's really good. Um, so thank you. So think about your particular market. And Workman has done this so well by implementing what we call the shift right? If you look at those shift materials, there's a threat and a system behind it. The system, aka is the solution. So in your local market, are there threats? Take those threats, have a mastermind around them and, and develop the system, aka the solution. That's a high level thinking with top producers. You'll be able to invite people left and right. So Sam, so just scrolling through to see if there's any other questions. Whoever asked to raise, I put that in there. So we talked about masterminds. We talked about that. So okay. someone's asking about commission splits. Um, we didn't even talk about this at all. That's we a knew really it was going to come up, though. Yeah. <laughs> what are the most common team commission splits? And is there always a differentiation between office and self-source leads? Um, that is a great question. Um, I will tell you on uh, my team, there is no difference. Um, we, I did at one point pay years ago, pay a different split on SOI that the individual agents SOI leads and it got muddy really fast. Like my neighbor's best friend's cousin <laughs> who may have already been getting our marketing, like whose lead is it? So I just said, you know what, it's going to be the same. The expectation is you're going to be bringing in leads and we're going to be providing you leads, but our value is running, helping you with your listings, with your buyers, with your presentations, with your admin support, your transactional support, all of the marketing that we're doing to help you get those SOI leads to come on board with you. So we just do the same. Um, does Sarah Michelle, do you want to talk about like typical team commission slits or Jamel, either one of you? We yeah. want to get, I don't know the 
I want to necessarily give percentages um, because everybody's different, but um, I do agree with Sarah. I think that once you start getting into different, you know, sources, it gets messy. Um, and so I think it's just, they have to be clear if they, if they come in and the first thing that they're asking you in an interview or what are the splits, then they might not, they're probably not going to be a really good cultural fit. Because mm -hmm. I 100% agree, 100%. Because if they start beating you up, on the first conversation about splits. And then that tells me that they're not hungry, humble, and smart. Um, and if they, if they were worried about getting hundred percent of the commission, but they were not doing the production, then how, how is that going to be different being on the team? And so when I do interview recruit, I actually don't even talk about splits. Um, and again, typical splits kind of hard to answer because it, it varies from office to office. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Remax, so my splits are going to be different than somebody who's a boutique versus, you know, Jamal's was side. So everybody's different. And so I think that the best way to answer that is you have to lead with revenue. Your mm -hmm. team has to be profitable. And so for me, the team that I managed, it was always a straight 50-50 on buy sides and a 75-25 uh, on listings. And so that's that's what we did. Uh, but that's different for teams and different for brokerages. Okay. So I think the question you have to ask yourself is what's your profit margin? Mm -hmm. And right? I think um, it's very common to give away too much money, um, not valuing what you're providing. It's helpful to really run the numbers. How much is your, does it cost you to run your business? And how much does it cost you to have an agent? If, you know, with, for admin support, marketing support, what does that cost you? What's the return for the business that they're providing? So the common mistake is to be too generous and it is different. The commission split on a team versus a brokerage is completely different. And so, um, and I think that what Sarah Michelle just said are, is pretty common. Um, always remember a listing agent typically would get a, a lower split than a buyer's agent because the time it takes to run a listing from beginning to end is much shorter than working with a buyer. So, um, okay. you know, my, my listing agent makes more money than our buyer agents, but she does a lot more listings too than, than our buyer agents do with buyers. I love what Ryan said, because it's exactly what we were talking about yesterday, Sarah and Sarah, um, when price is the question, value is the answer. That is mm -hmm. beautiful, Ryan. So love that. Love that. So the last question here, and I know we want to be mindful of time. We only got three minutes. So someone said that they just started a team. Um, there are two strong established teams at my company. How do I stand out and recruit? What was that? Oh, it moved. Hold on. <laughs> or recruit against them. How do you recruit against them? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's recruiting against them. It's what value. Go back to your value proposition that you offer. You've been a member of the team, right? And there's obviously reason that maybe perhaps you left that team, but what value do you stand for on your team and recruit to that? That's all you can do is what's your value. And also go back to culture. Every team has a different culture. So these teams that you're quote competing against might be very different type of culture. So for example, in our office, I like our agents to work full-time. Your team might be, we're, we, we work part-time. We have part-time agents. You know, it just, it's just different. So don't think of them as competitors as what, as Jamel said, what is your value that you're providing? How are you different culturally from the other teams in your office? Do we have time? How are you going to change their life? Because mm -hmm. your job as a team lead, as Verl will say, is to develop the business and to develop the people. And so mm -hmm. we have to me, I don't really I care what the competition's doing, but I don't care what the competition's doing. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's what what how do I support that person and change their life? How do I develop and change their life? I don't care what the competition's doing. I care what I'm doing. Absolutely. So uh we've we, got Jonathan had his hand up. I, I, we have two minutes left for Jonathan. Yeah, we've wanna... got two minutes. Where's Jonathan? I'm here. Hey, so this is regarding that mastermind question I had. Yes. Uh, so I did one of them recently 
but they're very collaborative as most masterminds are. So how do you, how would you suggest running a mastermind with other agents that are maybe not producing a bunch when it's sort of like a class and not necessarily a mastermind? Hopefully that makes sense. Well, so the mastermind I'm in, it's very, very specific. We have a Google form we fill out. We come to the meeting. We have to report how many calls did we make? What was our goal for the week? What are we doing for next week? What's our GCI for this week? Uh, you know, new sales, that kind of thing. So it's very specific tracking our, our business. Um, we set goals every week of like, what's, what are you going to do this week? Mm-hmm. And you get on the mastermind, did you do it or not, right? And so um, and when you have to report back to your people, your peers that you sucked wind and you didn't do it, it's very uncomfortable, right? So, and, and, and then I've facilitated using the greatest salesman in the world. We did a mastermind in my brokerage around that too. And you could do that outside the brokerage. We just 10 months came together and every month we studied one of the scrolls. It was freaking phenomenal. It was a really great mastermind. And so that could be something that's very non-brand, right? Non-recruiting. And so just, we're going to take the greatest salesman in the world. We're going to come together and mastermind this book. So that's another great idea. I think that would be a non-threatening approach to masterminding. And then no one has to be the leader, Jonathan. Everybody just comes together and talks about how that, that scroll supported them for the month. Have a structure. She said it beautifully. Structure. Here's what we're going to talk about. Every call, every mastermind, and then leave room for some collaborative types. But that structure will keep you on point on track every time. Well, we're and at time. Oh, sorry. One sorry. more quick, quick thing. I'll just add this to our brokerage has done panels where they'll invite agents mm-hmm. from different brokerages to be on the panel and it will have a, a theme like luxury listings or something mm-hmm. like that. And then they invite, invite agents from any brokerage to come. And it's just a great opportunity to network, get to know, and also establish our brokerage as the leader in whatever that topic is. So just another idea for you. There's tons of ideas. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're at time, you guys. I know I speak for myself. Um, can you share? Uh, yeah. So Gabby, can you get with her and get that to me offline? So we're at time. We want to be respectful. So I know I speak for both, both my panelists, friends that we're available as resources to you guys reach out. If there's anything that we can do, we are just an email or phone call away. Uh, we're absolutely happy, happy to dive deeper into this and share more with you and, and, and help everybody to have a very successful 2023 in recruiting. So yes, absolutely. And retention. <laughs> yes. And retention. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank have you. Great, thank you all. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Great job, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs>